It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to all of you. Good morning this morning. Uh, all of the morning, Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here for you. And just a quick follow-up to the whole AB thing. I, I actually, I'm not boycotting AB uh, for a couple of reasons, a few reasons. Uh, you know, I like Budweiser. I still like to drink Budweiser. And I don't care what people say about Yingling or Ding Ding or Zing Zing or whatever it happens to be. I like Budweiser, so uh, I, I like the brand and and everything else. Except, you know, one thing I did talk to somebody, I, and I'll give you other reasons in a second. I did talk to somebody who was telling me if if I'm not mistaken, at some point after the Brazilians took it over, somebody made the move to take off the Beechwood aged line. That is on the Budweiser can. Can you can you all confirm that to me? Uh, I'm actually tricking you into admitting you're drinking beer at uh, eight o'clock in the morning. But uh, can somebody confirm to me that somebody that the Beechwood aged thing is off of the Budweiser can? Anyway, um, I like Budweiser. I don't drink a lot of beer, but I but I do like Budweiser. I, I do appreciate what AB has done uh, for this town. I don't care whether or not it's a new ownership or not. There are a lot of people employed by AB still in this town and a lot of distributors uh, who are moving uh, the beer and, who, and, and people employed by those distributors who still uh, need jobs and work and, and to move uh, and in my opinion, it's unnecessary to go and kill off the entirety of it all over the Bud Light thing, which I don't drink anyway. So, uh, I mean, you guys, I've been pretty rough on AB and 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 the Bud Light thing, so I don't have any apologies to make about that. I'm just not, I'm just not doing I'm just not doing uh, the boycott thing, and and, and that's that's so the uh, I, I like I like how Budweiser uh, in the past. Uh, through great people like Rocky Sickman, have uh, really done a hell of a lot for our veterans. Uh, they step up for guns and hoses, and they just do. They just do some good work uh, in in this town, and have supported uh, causes and people that I happen to like. Uh, and and so I, I'm I'm just kind of like I'm not ready to just go ahead and and try to ruin a company that that I think is still. Uh, still has a lot of value, uh, and and the fourth reason I don't know is it the third reason the fourth reason is my daughter works for AB, Katie works for for AB up in New York. She handles the neutral product, which actually is pretty good if you guys want to try it or ask your grocer to put that neutral product in. N U R N U T R L, N U T R L, and the neutral product is is pretty darn good it's it's vodka seltzer so it's it's like a vodka drink all kinds of different flavors but it's vodka seltzer uh and it's and it's pretty good uh and and the only thing 
wrong with it. And it's, and it's super low calorie. So the only drawback is you can drink like 20 of them pretty easily. So, but that's any, so, so, you know, my daughter works, uh, for, for AB and we really haven't discussed this whole thing anyway. Uh, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I've talked to her about it, but I'm, I, we haven't really discussed it much. Uh, and, 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 and we'll eventually talk about it, but I will, I won't be telling you what she's saying about it. Cause she's an employee of AB and I'm not going to do that. But anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm, people want to shoot, shoot AB, shoot Bud Light cans, which is also something I wouldn't do just because I just don't do that with guns, but you know, uh, and I have a lot of guns, but that's just not something I would do. That doesn't mean that whoever does it is bad. It's just something I wouldn't do. Cause somebody asked me like, how, what you, you know, what do you, what do you have against kid rock? Bone? I mean, I don't have anything against him doing that. I just don't, you know, I just don't really, I, that's just not something I do with firearms. And I mean, I, you know, so anyway, I, I just, but that's not something I would do. That's why you haven't seen videos of me shooting a Bud Light can with my 300 blackout, you know? I'm just, I just, just that's not something I'm super comfortable with. And I'm, it just doesn't really, uh, but, but hey, I love Kid Rock. Knock yourself out. Kid Rock got my eternal love when he was, um, when he, when he played, when I found out that he was a good friend of my hero, George Jones, and appeared at his funeral, and they used to they used to talk a lot about music, and he even sang at George Jones's funeral. At that point, I was like a forever fan of Kid Rock, and so he, Kid Rock, you can shoot whatever you want to shoot, whatever you do. Anyway, that's my thought, and you're you're welcome to call into the show and let me know what you think. It's uh, it's three one four five six six sixty one zero four, and and I'm just I just have just not. I'm not a boycotter anyway, but I, but I just didn't, I just, I still like Budweiser and still like what the company has done for the community, like the causes that it supports in terms of the military and our veterans, uh, like the fact that it employs some good people here, not only in, in at, at the brewery, but also who are in the uh, distribution points uh, and, you know, a lot, a lot of bars and places rely on people buying the the beer and so I'm you know I'm just in that in that mode right now and and my daughter works for them and it's neutral n u t r l neutral i guess they adopted uh the joe biden way of spelling things so we have a thousand billionaires in america you know the average tax rate they pay 8 e i g h percent 8% <laughs> yeah don't don't get old Joe in a spelling bee. I'll tell you that. Hey, listen. Sometimes we have our our, our brains go south on us. All right. Uh, speaking of brains, and I mean solid ones, RFK Jr. Man, this guy. His he's got a new book out. I've already put my dibs in to have him on the show, uh, and so he. His, the, I think the book is already. I think the book came out uh, on the sixteenth. What's today? Eighteenth, nineteenth. 20th. I for some reason April um April I never can remember days in April. I does anybody does anybody have a month like that where you can't keep the month straight? I mean like April 25th, I know cuz that's my dad's birthday. 
But but other than that, I always get lost, especially in this week for some reason. So uh, anyway, the book is already out. So I'm already in line uh, to talk to RFK Jr. Anyway, uh, he's really super smart. I don't know why he's running as a Democrat. I don't understand that. It, I can only be because I think his his family uh, are all Democrats. So I, I, you know, that's just that must be it. But everything he's talking about is so common sense. I, I thought maybe, you know, in the end, maybe the reality is that a lot of things that we talk about and a lot of things that we care about do not fall into any political party category. And the only reason we have to choose a political party is because we don't have any other choices. But there are a lot of things that you and I agree on uh, and, and that 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 you and a and a liberal agree on uh, about basic things in life, uh, and uh, you know it's it's like let's put it like like for instance um, on on race and on the economy and on jobs and all those kinds of things and on, on COVID sometimes even, uh, and, and so maybe the problem is that we have two parties that we choose from, which the founding fathers always thought the party system was really gauche, as they called it. I mean, I'm not kidding you. They thought it was uh, lowbrow for political parties to exist. They thought they, they referred to them as factions and, and, and actually didn't um, support it. Um, and, and, and because it was, it was a faction process and wasn't designed uh, to accompany our constitution and the foundational principles of our country, it was a, it, the, so. Uh, so the political party system and the factions were identified by the founding fathers as a mismatch for what they established in the Constitution, and 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 you can see that play out every single day between Republicans and Democrats, because uh, none of them uh, just choose your degree. Neither of them follow the Constitution. In, in all of uh, its detail, neither party does that. The Republican Party doesn't do it, and the Democratic Party doesn't do it. And we're fooling ourselves if we think Republicans always follow the Constitution. We've been there, done that, have the T-shirt. We know. So that's why the Founding Fathers thought uh, the factions were bad for bad for America. Because they, they, they are uh, factions that exist only to exist, meaning to uh, to fuel themselves, to raise money and do all that kind of thing because their interest in who we are and what we are and what we believe uh, are is at zero. It's their interest in what they believe and what they are that matters the most and always will. We will, as citizens, never really matter the way we think we matter to either party, I guarantee you. Anyway, I've, I got to take this break, but I'll be back with RFK Jr. And he basically lays out the scenario where the CIA killed his uncle. Straight ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Allman in the Morning. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman, privileged to be here with you. And yes, Robert... F. Kennedy Jr. Now, if if uh, a lot of people are because he's gotten a lot more exposure lately, a lot of people are just now hearing him speak, 
And a lot of people are confused, like, what's going on with his voice and what's happening with his voice? And it really, it's a, it's a, it's a neurological disorder that affects the larynx. Uh, and it it's just it just happens, you know, um, and so it doesn't necessarily run in the family or anything else. But but his voice uh, quality is a result of a neurological disorder that that affects his larynx. And that's why he talks the way he talks uh, in that degree. I got to tell you, you got to imagine what life has had must have been like for RFK Jr. I mean, first of all, you're a nine year old. And your uncle, who is the president of the United States, gets assassinated. And then and then you're 14 and your dad, on his way to winning the Democratic nomination for president, after that speech in Los Angeles, your dad is murdered. You're 14 years old. I can only imagine what that had to be like for a, a little boy. I mean, not to mention all of RFK's kids, but but uh, RFK Jr. was was one of the oldest and 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 probably had to also take in a lot of burdens when it came to taking care of his siblings, his younger siblings. So I could just imagine what uh, that had to be like. I believe Carrie was older than he was. I don't I don't really remember. Uh, but but you have to imagine what this guy has been through. Uh, in his lifetime, and, uh, and I'm not quite sure that's relevant to what we're talking about now. But I'm just saying, just as a as a colorizing this this feature on Robert Kennedy Jr., I, I go back and think, man, that must have been unbelievable. I mean, but for, I can't even believe America was able to survive the '60s. Anyway, we would. I don't. I don't know what. What do you think would happen if we had a president murdered? assassinated we had a civil rights leader two of them murdered and a uh presidential candidate murdered all in in one decade i I don't know i mean i can't imagine how we survived that and i can only say this because of of the strength of this great country i have to tell you in all honesty i don't know whether we'd i i i heaven forbid Something like that would happen in this decade because I don't think we'd be able to tolerate it. I, I, I you know, and the Vietnam War, and and the deaths of fifty thousand plus of our Americans who were actually didn't volunteer; they were dragged into it. Can you believe that? Uh, I mean, I'm just, uh, and, and maybe somebody has some insight onto the '60s and and how our society kept it together after all that. Uh, I, it, it astounds me. Um, it impresses me. And, and but I, but I can't imagine, I can't imagine what that was like. Something I should probably talk to my mom about, uh, cause she and I have really talked about that cause she was during that time. Um, all right. So, and, and, and by the way, uh, part of the society, uh, before 1964 couldn't even vote. You couldn't even vote if you were black. I mean, you know, I mean, unbelievable. So we we managed, though. So uh, RFK Jr. gave his official speech yesterday. And he, I mean, this is, this. do you realize the magnitude of what this guy is saying? 
This isn't this isn't like Alex Jones on a YouTube video. Uh, this isn't. Uh, damn, he says he drank and smoked a lot. Maybe that's how. Maybe. Uh, but th- this isn't. This isn't like just some dude, you know, sitting in the cab of his truck. You know, I have it on good authority that the CIA killed. JFK, I do believe it did. I see that on my transom radar over here that I'm looking at. I mean, this isn't like one of those things. This is RFK Jr., the son of Robert. Listen to me. You guys, I, I know, Alman, shut up. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is like a big deal. And he and, and, and he's announcing he's running for president at the same time directly blaming the CIA for killing his uncle. I mean, you realize how what a big deal that is? My uncle came into office two months later. He was fighting his intelligence apparatus, his military, because they wanted to invade. Uh, I mean, they wanted to go, do the Bay of Pigs. He was totally against it, and he let them roll over him. And in the middle of the Bay Pigs, he realized they were lying to him. And he realized the function of the intelligence agencies had become to provide the military-industrial complex with a constant pipeline of war. And he came out during the middle of the night during the Bay of Pigs catastrophe, and he said, I want to take the CIA. Alan Dulles had lied to him. Charles Cabell, Richard Bissell, Louis Lemitzer, Curtis LeMay had all lied to him through their teeth. Uh, by the way, I, I want to. I just. I don't want to interrupt him here. Well, yeah, I do, uh, because he said talked about Alan Dulles, and it does. It should not go unnoticed that this lying, fascist, statist, un-American dude has an airport named after him in Washington D.C. That is that is that ha- that is a zero accident. Lying to him, and he realized the function of the intelligence agencies had become to provide the military-industrial complex with a constant pipeline of war. And he came out during the middle of the night during the Bay of Pigs catastrophe, and he said, "I want to take the CIA." Alan Dulles had lied to him. Charles Cabell, Richard Bissell, Louis Lemitzer, uh, 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 Curtis LeMay had all lied to him through their teeth. And he said, I want to take the CIA and shatter it into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. And, you know, George Bush, George W. Bush had the same problem. George W. Bush says the worst mistake he made as president was listening to CIA director George Tenet tell him it was a slam dunk that Saddam Hussein had uh, weapons of mass destruction. And so the neocons and CIA got to go into Iraq and throw out and do regime change. And and we got... So anyway, the, the, the insinuation is clear. Uh, and, and, and just talking about neocons and the military-industrial complex, and my thought immediately goes to, can you imagine... RFK Jr. and Donald Trump together, uniting forces together. Can you imagine that? I don't actually don't know how he feels about our, about Donald Trump, but can you imagine these two with their breakaway insight and instincts regarding our government? Can you imagine these two people together? 
I, I, maybe it's worth just throwing out the Democrat Republican Party. Screw that. Let's get these two guys together and, 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 and give them some authority and, and see what happens after that. Uh, that our world would be a completely and totally different place if those two actually survived. And, and, and as I've told you before, the only reason Trump isn't dead is because he managed in the early days of his presidency to bust the FBI and the deep state spying on him. And he put that tweet out about being wiretapped. I think that ultimately, and I'm not being too weird here, I hope you don't think, uh, that thing, that began the saving of his life. Because under any other circumstances, somebody would have taken him out before before that. I, I do believe that tweet in its own self is what saved Trump's life. But if you could, if you could imagine a world that is uh, corrected through the lens of Trump and RFK Jr., my goodness gracious, I, 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 I get goosebumps just thinking about what a beautiful place this would be for what time we have left over and, and, and then for, for our babies. My goodness gracious. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Father Tom, though, is straight ahead for a little bit of church. No, more than that. It's Common Sense Radio. Man, that podcast commercial made me want to go back to bed. Woo! So relaxing. Thank you, God. Uh-huh. All right, so one quick thing about uh, President Trump again and, and, and the fact that they would have killed him if they had the chance, but they were the deep state was exposed by him. Uh, and so what they did was when they couldn't kill him, they just proceeded then with a series of mini political assassinations. No one in the history of man has put up with the kind of attacks. And I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats, both involved in it, has put up with the kind of attacks uh, that he has. And I'm talking about things that actually were totally untrue, completely fabricated, but designed to try to take him out. Until they finally came up with the COVID reaction. And that was, that was, they finally, after trying and trying and trying and trying, they finally found something, uh, a vehicle uh, to, to take him out. And, and they did. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it's time because it's Thursday for the great Father Tom Miller of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yesterday, I was thinking about you because I, I, I wanted to ask you about this. So, this, uh, there's this actress, Laura Laponi, and she's on, the view and I felt like it was actually as as hard as it was was to listen to her talk about Christians and compare them to the Taliban. I was actually very, very relieved about the reaction from the crowd. Listen to this. Extremely upsetting. Yeah. That is extremely upsetting. These are human beings. Yeah. And I could cry. They're not harming anybody. No. No. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, and I've said this before and I'm going to get in trouble, but I have said this before and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who's said that. Mm. Yeah, those were the only two who said it, because let me tell you something, even Joy Behar was silent on the matter. The crowd didn't clap as they usually do. Like a uh, bunch like of seals, seals and and because th- this was really tough, and I, I meant to ask you, uh, to what do you attribute 
the aggression towards Christianity because uh, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of laws being passed and all this other stuff that actually are created by what she calls the Christian right, so to speak. In fact, there were more uh, things that pop into our vernacular and our society that seem to be pushed by people with uh, belief systems uh, that are not Christian, uh, but that oh, are yeah. tied I mean, up this, in other things. Yeah, I don't know who this lady is, but I, su- I suppose she's another cultural statist. So, you know, they're part of the the state is the government, the culture, and the state are becoming uh, immersed uh, 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 whatever the word is, how I think. They're they're one and the same. It's becoming indistinguishable between culture and state, and they they complement each other in the worst possible ways to oppress citizenry. And so Christianity is there as the big, the number one contender still, right? Even though it's, even though our culture right now, Christianity is on the decline, it's still the number one contender for a different state of belief called the gospel that is completely contrary to this you know, uh, atheistic belief that's so impersonal that I'm sure she's promoting. They claim to be personal, and they're not. They're they're definitely statist, and they're all about the 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 big the collective. And you're just a cog, and know your place, and be quiet. Yeah, I th- I think it was revealed about this hypocrisy regarding belief systems attached to things when Whoopi Goldberg came out this week and said. Uh, hey, this whole Bud Light thing, you know, it's just a beer. It's not attached to any belief system. And then suddenly I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, it, but but they did attach it to a belief system. And I don't know why they don't think that that represents to most normal people, whatever they're pushing with this trans, whatever this is, uh, is it constitutes a belief system for us. It absolutely looks like it's an imposition of a belief system. Well, absolutely, because they don't believe in the fact that there are only three, you know, there are four options for human beings when it comes to the sex gender debate. You're male, female, you actually have a genetic anomaly that puts you somewhere beyond the XXX or XY chromosome binary division, or you have an emotional or mental illness. That's your four choices. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You You know, I saw a very funny meme, Jamie, where somebody goes, you know, said, I don't understand why these people are getting upset about the Dylan Mulvaney people protesting him being on beer. I mean, look what they did. That. They removed Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, and, uh, and the, the Land O'Lakes woman. They, they got rid of all of them because they found their imagery offensive. So, you know what? We can't find Dylan Mulvaney offensive. He's not even trying to That guy's just a, he's just a flake, man. He's just <clears throat> somebody trying to make money as much as possible. I don't think he cares one iota about transgender. He just found the easiest gig that appeals to him. Yeah. Well, right. To, to your point, and it's an excellent one, we couldn't say to Whoopi Goldberg, oh, come on, it's just a, it's just a box of Quaker Oats, or it's just a, it's just a stick of butter, or you know, it's, just a, right. it's just a maple syrup bottle. They wouldn't ever tolerate that. Crazy. Right, exactly. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, Father Tom, I, I was uh, curious. Uh, you know, I, I like to call them the the greatest hits. I thought that they uh, there was the mass reading, and, and of course we had the. We, I, my mom always used to call call me this if I were if I were ever to be you know kind of uh, 
obstinate about something, and she always oh, just I heard it all it. my childhood. Doubting yeah. Thomas. Doubting Thomas. So you're just being a doubting Thomas. But that that gospel that we'll get to uh, is is important. Obviously, one of the greatest hits. But I really thought that the second reading, the First Peter reading, was really something, uh, and seemed to embody really the essence of of our faith. Blessed be the God oh, yeah. and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in the great mercy gave us new birth to a living for a living hope uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. That was something, man. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the ultimate goal. The gospel is about this life, but the gospel is about forming us in preparation for the eternal life. That's the whole point of the gospel is trying to give us a divine mindset and divine lungs so that we can live in the presence of God and not be filled with terror at his presence, but be filled with awe and glory at his beauty. You know, that's just the, the God is the same reality. Demons see him with terror and fear. Angels and, and the redeemed are going to see him with awe and wonder and beauty and glory. And that's, you want to be in that group. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, and, and you can identify with this most recently. Uh, in this, you rejoice, although now for a little while, you may have to suffer through various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, uh, more precious than gold that is perishable, even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor. Something else right there, buddy. Oh, absolutely. It goes back to that wonderful uh, quote. You, you ever see the long quote by Teddy Roosevelt where he talks about everybody wants to be the critic, but yeah. the person is actually doing it that you should admire, even yeah. if he fails or trying it. Absolutely. That's that's what Peter's telling us. Hey, man, you're, you're trying to live out your faith. You're not going to do it perfectly. We all struggle. We got our, our human sinfulness, but we are trying to be as authentic and genuine as possible and and strive that's such a great word man christians ought to be striving to be more like jesus not because jesus needs us to be more like him because we want to make a gift back to our life it's the one thing we can give god that he doesn't possess and yeah what we can give back to him in our in our conversion and our maturity in christ yeah that teddy roosevelt quote i have always loved uh it, i i the, the first line i think is it's not the critic uh who counts um, but the person no. who really got in there and toiled with the greatness and failed uh, with failed. with greatness. Failed mightily. Yes, but failed mightily. Some naysayer on the side. Hey, better to fail mightily than be some naysayer on the side who hasn't done squat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you don't got skin in the game. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I was talking about this with somebody earlier in the week, I, and this is interesting uh, from the viewpoint of the founding fathers and those who kind of formulated this country and that to, to my knowledge, based on what I know, uh, the founding fathers were not particularly regular churchgoers. Some of them were even deists, but they always maintained right. this belief in God, which is, which is possible without having actually, uh, you know, the, 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 the formality of, of an organized religion around you. Right, and they were all learned men, so they knew that the populace needed to have a good sense of morality and ethics that the republic was going to survive because they knew they knew history. Again, these may not have been geniuses, but these guys were very learned, very educated, and they realized how societies go south. And once the education starts 
dropping, the morality starts dropping, the ethics start dropping. We're on the path to Rome, and look where we're at now. We're more affluent than we've ever been, and uh, there's a lot of depravity in our culture. So yeah, the, the founders were just brilliant. That that God brought this group of people together in, in this place and time to do this American adventure is, is phenomenal. It should be very humbling. Boy, I, but man, no doubt about it, and so beautifully put, Father Tom. You know, in fact, you mentioned uh, some, uh, the, the the churches themselves. So it's when you look back on it and the foundational principle or the foundational uh, kickoff of the First Amendment was just this letter that that at that time, this Baptist church was really not they, they weren't, you know, in, involved in the process of creating the Constitution, or anything else. Uh, but they did write a letter to Thomas Jefferson saying, hey, we're really concerned because we just don't want uh, the government getting involved in our business. So there was even this thing where Je where this church was really kind of like it wasn't part of the process. It was just on the outside. And the church wrote this letter to to, uh, to Thomas Jefferson. And that's where we actually got the principle of the separation of church and state was in Thomas Jefferson's response to this church that was just kind of like out there in the hinterland saying, hey, uh, just so you guys know, I hope you guys are thinking of us. And indeed they were. All right. You know, now back, boy, you want to talk about dovetailing back to the previous topic. The state now wants to create a religion that doesn't have a church, but does have a defined morality and all of this stuff that goes with critical race theory, uh, this woke mentality where everybody's uh, been the victim of oppression and we got grievances and that there are the people you can blame for all the problems. And, um, it's just a mess. But yeah, the whole point is the government does not have a stake in trying to promote one religion over another. It's not supposed to supposed to get freedom of that and they have they've, they've entered into that fray now unfortunately in the last i don't know how many years century or 60 years yeah yeah i, I boy i'd say i and it, it just seemed to me that even with this baptist church it seemed like it was uh on the outside which is really because again people there were even at that time i think people uh, many people worshipped uh, not necessarily in their churches, but in their homes. Uh, like my family, uh, who came over here in the 1600s on my mom's side, they would uh, they were Mennonites, and they actually right. were not, were not really in any structure when they worshipped. They were usually in living rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know the the founders and people like the Baptist community talk about. They saw the lesson of Europe. What was the lesson of Europe? Constant warfare based on religion after after the fracturing of the church and, and uh, the Reformation and everything. Catholics kill Lutherans. Lutherans kill Catholics. Everybody kills the Anabaptists, you know. Religion just became another reason for warfare in Europe. And, and they didn't want that here. We, You know, one of the reasons they came to, this, to the United States, to America, the colonies, is they did not want to get caught up in the endless cycle of wars. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, that was Europe. Yeah, and on a, a more technical note, Father Tom, I, I talked to my mom. I meant to ask you about this uh, because they they have brought back the precious blood at her church. So so they're doing the 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 bread and wine, the the body and blood there. Uh -huh. I, I noticed. I, I don't know many Catholic churches. Is this an archdiocesan thing, or is it up to each individual church? It's up to each individual church. We brought it back uh, Corpus Christi a year ago, 
So as soon as we got permission, uh, we brought it back. Oh wow! Look, you know what? Yeah, because if you're afraid, then don't then don't don't receive the precious blood. Right, right. If you're right. still worried about COVID, don't receive the precious blood. It's fine. It's optional. And uh, but as soon as we got permission with this Corpus Christi last year, uh, we brought it back immediately, and you know it all seems fine. Well, it leads me to believe I have a sneaking suspicion, and pardon me if I'm just discovering this, that a bulk of this uh, COVID, the branch COVIDian uh, neuroticism (laughs) uh, came from not necessarily always the powers that be, but by the people uh, in who complained all the time, like imagine bringing back the precious blood. How many people at these churches would complain about it, even though if they didn't oh, want to yeah. do it, they could just not do it. But they had they would have to complain about it. Oh, yeah. And then it's much easier to say, hey, the change to talk to the person in charge rather than tell the squeaky people. Well, nobody's forcing you to receive this. So why are you worried about it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. All the uh, who was the you know the uh, who was the nosy neighbor and bewitched Kravitz, Mrs. Oh, Kravitz. Yeah. There's a gazillion of them in life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bewitched man! What a show! Goodness gracious! Hey, everybody forgets there was two two barons, right? Uh, yeah. They switch. They switched actors. You know, mid mid programming there. Yeah. From one season to the next. Well, you know, too the great thing about that was you know because back in those days some of the movie stars and some of the tv stars people didn't realize that they were just gigantic broadway uh successes and they just found oh, yeah. easy money doing tv and agnes moorhead is a great, great example great of that she was a great conservative too oh was she, she? Was very much a realist yeah oh well she conservative and she was very much a realist i think she was lesbian too but whatever Wow! Life, but she was she was she was a very interesting lady. I read a little bit about her life online, just looking up some information because she was always such a fascinating character to show as the disapproving mother-in-law. Yeah, like, you know, the the Samantha had married beneath herself by marrying this guy, but below her status. Well, I'll tell you one thing: Agnes Moore had really rocked those that green eye shadow and hooped earrings, though. That, that Ooh, look. huge, big green eye shadow. <laughs> Paul Lynn is Uncle Arthur. He was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'll have to look up. I'll have to look up Agnes Moorhead. That's interesting because you yeah. know a lot of my exposure to these people sometimes off of television uh, or off of their, their shows was usually like on Johnny Carson or something. You know, like Betty. Right, they came. I used to love it when Betty Davis was interviewed on Johnny Carson. She'd sit there and, and and chain smoke and get all crabby and everything. It was like one of the best. I never saw Agnes Moorhead do that, though. So I don't know if she was ever on Carson or not. I think she must have been at some point. That'd be interesting to try to find that on YouTube. What's and, that? Now, see, now you probably need to go look and see if I can find some Agnes Moorhead oh, clips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she'd be a she'd be a stitch, I'm sure. So, uh, and Phyllis points out, is I, I didn't know Agnes Moorhead was from St. Louis. Because, I mean, here here you have Agnes Moorhead and Phyllis Diller, both from yeah, St. Yeah. Louis. Oh, my gosh. Vincent Price, St. Uh, Louis. There's a number yeah. of actors from St. Louis. Yeah, we all forget that a century ago, St. Louis was, I think, the third largest city in the United States uh, at the turn of two centuries ago. And then, of course, it all started changing. Uh probably in the 50s and 60s, and then it really went, it's on the downward slope now. 
Well, which is so sad. We could have been um, larger than Chicago, but what we did was we relinquished the whole railroad system to Chicago Chicago. because we were too stuffy. Yeah, we had the rivers. Who cared? Well, we should have cared because uh, the rivers only run, you know, north and south. And you get going to Missouri, Tennessee, some of the nation, but trains cover the whole nation. Yeah. I think that was was a (laughs) boo-boo. It kind of was. I think I think uh, some of the powers that be and 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 they were some of them a little stuffy, didn't want all didn't want to be too big. And the others were like, come on, we've got boats and barges. Who needs that stupid railroad? Right. Yeah. Just like St. Louis, you know, it's it's these miscalculations, just like St. Louis had one of the best streetcar systems in the nation. And they got all edged out. Yeah. uh, After World War Two. But it was phenomenal. People could travel to the city, you know, inexpensively and easily. Right, right. It was amazing. I mean, my mom and dad talked fondly in streetcars in their childhood. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 something else. All right. Well, Father Tom, uh, speedy continued recovery to you, my friend. And I, I guess are you are you hitting the smokehouse this morning? I sure am. I'm getting ready to go over there now. I, I noticed this morning when I was going down Unlock Church, I don't know when this poor critter got hit, but there's a dead armadillo right out in front of the house. So I'm going to, on the highway, I'm going to have to find some way to remove it before I bring Riley out because she'll smell that and want to go investigate. Well, I've got some animal that was in my pool area last night that I could send Uh-oh, out. Back there. to the swimming pool. Uh, that I could, they could send out to you. Dude, I was sitting out there because I, I just was, I, it was a beautiful night. I was sitting out in the oh, area right, and... Uh, this damn thing, I mean, I'm telling you, this looked like a, a leopard. I'm not kidding you. It scared yeah, but, yeah, I mean, the daylights you have a out of me. Bobcat in the area? I, I could. Uh, you I, have a bob- yeah, people, I put it on, on Facebook, and I, people thought it was a coyote. But I'm telling you what, man, that thing looked like a bobcat. Because what happened is it suddenly noticed that I was there and then kind of uh-huh. pell-melled away. And then, um, and then a few minutes later, it came back. And I, I found it like it was then even closer to me. And I told the thing very explicitly. I said, I am not effing with you. You need to get out of here. <laughs> and you're done coming back outside and you're going to be <laughs> mounted in the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't want to be mounted in its basement, you know. Oh, if, no, exactly. Because it was big enough to have one, I, I felt. So I'm, ah. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. This thing was so, so anyway, I'll. I'll, if I see him again, I'll send him out to New Melly for the armadillo pickup. There you go. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll tell everybody hello at the Smokehouse. I will. I'm going to head over to the Smokehouse, and you have a great day, Jamie. Thanks as always. You too, my friend. Love the wisdom. Uh, appreciate it as always. That is Father Tom Miller, the Immaculate Heart of Mary out there in beautiful New Melly. Yep. Check out the video yourself on Facebook. Uh, if you want to, I put it up there. And if you want to call me and let me know what you think it is, 566-6104 is the phone line. So uh, let's let's ID these things, shall we? I need, to, I need to kind of know what that is, just for future reference. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.